The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Hey, oh, well, I mustn't have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Let that go a little bit. Alrighty, we are live here on the Paying Attention Podcast, high above Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, in the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and we're trying something a little different today. We've been experimenting with the show. We noticed that we have an awful lot more uh, viewers on Facebook than on YouTube, so we're trying to stream this directly through Facebook, and uh, let me see, I'm just going to... Just going to check something out here. We're, okay, so we've got, we've got our viewers are in. That's excellent. We've already got more people watching now than we had all last week, so this is actually a good thing. Um, I'm going to encourage people throughout the show to please share the link. Let people know that we're live, and I will answer your questions throughout the show. Paul is not here, so you're going to be acting as Paul today. You guys can ask me whatever questions you want. If you want to make some comments, and I think they're good, um, I, will, um, I will read your comments live if I see them. Uh, this is a lot better than when I'm driving around because I can actually see five or six comments at once. When I'm driving around and I'm going live in my car, I'm using my phone so I can only see the bottom comment. A lot of times five people will comment and the first two comments will be a question and I don't see them because they're all commenting at the same time. So can't really scroll and read while I'm driving. But here, I think we've got a, I think we've got a good setup going. I'm going to try very hard throughout the show not to cough and do my best. Um, Paul Morano's not here today. He kind of bailed on me last minute again yesterday like, hey, can't make it. Um, and uh, we were hoping to get Jessica Finicaro, the uh, city, uh, member of the city council in Methuen, to talk about Methuen stuff today. She really hates doing interviews. She just really hates doing interviews. And um, she was like, no, if I was going to do it with anybody, Tom, I'd do it with you. But yeah, not interested. Um, <coughs> the, um, the show next week is going to be really interesting because we're going to have one of my favorite people in the world, Jane Aditatali from the Methuen School Committee, is going to be coming on. And we're going to talk about the, uh, the mess in Methuen. We're going to talk, touch on that today a little bit. Um, but next week we'll have Janie here. We're going to talk about the school budget. And we're going to talk about the, uh, the um, uh, overseer versus a fiscal control board for Methuen and the entire Methuen political mess. Ed, can you just bounce my uh, volumes up a little bit? I don't want to screw up your uh, – I know Jonathan's very proud of our, uh, of our, of our volume yeah. at the end. He yeah. always looks at it and gets all excited. Does that sound better to you? No, a little bit, yep. A little bit excellent, very good. I want to thank our studio audience. Cartoon Guy is here. We always like having Cartoon Guy in the audience. Um, we, we don't have Rich today either. No, we have, actually, we have nobody today. We have none of our regulars <laughs> are here today. It's the middle of the summer, but I'm still here, and I'm still here for you guys. So um, let's talk about a couple of things. First, first item on the agenda. I've been really kind of out of my mind about this. Um, you probably saw some of my comments on Facebook yesterday um, about a, uh, well, a Federal Protection Act for journalism, for journalists. Hmm. And we're going to talk about that at the end of this segment uh, because really the most hilarious thing in the world is going on in the world of journalism. And I just, I laugh literally out loud when I'm sitting in my office every time it happens. Yesterday they brought the absurdity to a new height. The American media, the American journalists, People who pretend to be objective journalists, who pretend to be objective news people, go on CNN and MSNBC and most of the rest of them, with the exception of Fox, they've got their own problems though, um, and every single day they come out and they lie about Donald Trump. And I'll say, I've said it on many other shows before, I'm going to say it again, if Donald Trump was half as bad as everybody says he is, they wouldn't have to lie and yet they just can't help themselves. They just can't help themselves. So whenever they go uh, to a Donald Trump rally and the crowd identifies who the CNN reporter is at the Donald Trump rally, they start chanting CNN sucks, which I never, I never get tired of that. 
Like in my life, to, I've been chanting in my office CNN sucks for 10 years. To watch thousands and thousands of people chanting it and pointing at the actual CNN reporters and making them feel uncomfortable, that's just delightful. I just love it. So yesterday, Sarah Sanders, who was the press secretary for the president of the United States, who was there to answer press questions about like the government, you know, things like the conflict in North Korea and maybe... Um, the war going on in the Middle East between the Palestinians and Israelis, or maybe what's going on at the border, or the economy, or our education system, or public safety, or uh, a pipeline going through you know, the middle of the country, or our relationship with Canada, or any other of a million topics that are actually relevant to your lives. What did the media want to talk about yesterday? Ed, why don't you cue that up? Because I'm watching Sarah Sanders yesterday, and I heard this question, and I just... I couldn't believe the absurdity, the arrogance of these people. They are just so drunk on their own sense of self-importance. It's unbelievable. Act responsibly uh, and report um, accurately and fairly. Sir, sir, nobody was being Aisha. violent last night. They were trying to prevent a broadcaster from getting his broadcast out and yelling that his network sucks. Is that right or wrong? Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. What was the first part of your question? <laughs> I said no one was being violent last night in terms of... of hitting anybody and no broadcaster was broadcasting state secrets they were trying to do stand-ups at a public rally and you had people trying to yell over them preventing them from doing their jobs and yelling that their network sucks on live tv Look, does while the White we su support that or not while we certainly support freedom of the press we also support freedom of speech right uh, and we think that those things go hand in hand I right you can kill it right there <laughs> they're being mean to us. We lie about Trump every day and we can't get away with it now because they're yelling that we suck. Can you friggin' believe it? Like, seriously, can you friggin' believe it? With everything going on in the world, that the, the President of the United States is not just a political figure, he's the head of our government. And you have a choice, you have a chance to ask him about anything that's going on and get a really good scoop about what the Department of Education might be doing, about what the Department of Homeland Security might be doing, about a, a, a million things that our government is involved in every day. And yet this is what these self-important idiots in the media care about themselves. That's what they care about. Why won't you denounce that they say we suck? We don't suck. Please, can you just say we don't suck? Please say we don't suck. Can you just, can, why won't you denounce them? Well, I don't know. Maybe because you suck. I'm just saying, right? Maybe the actual answer is she didn't want to say it. I'll say it. CNN sucks. And you got this guy, Jim Acosta. I got a great picture on my uh, Facebook page from yesterday. I'll try and share it in a minute. Um, uh, Jim Acosta looks absolutely downright petrified in this picture. Uh, in, in front of all these people who are chanting CNN socks. He looks like somebody just put a gun to his head. And now they're crying. After, after all that happened, they come back on CNN and they start crying about how this is physically dangerous. Someone's going to get physically because words hurt. Words can spur people to action. Just like Sarah Palin got blamed for the shooting of Gabby Giffords because she had, um, she had the, the picture of a, a target over her district, she was saying that they were going to target that district for defeat in the next election, and then she got shot. And Chris Matthews and all these guys, other guys on CNNs, were saying, "Oh, it's Sarah Sanders' fault because words can spur crazy people to act." So now I'm confused because when Barack Obama was president, he came out and he stoked racial violence against police officers. He said Sergeant Crowley in Cambridge acted stupidly when he was dealing with a black suspect, who, by the way, happened to be guilty of what he was being arrested for. And the president came out during Ferguson and didn't call for calm. He wanted to talk about racist police officers, which made black people who are afraid of police officers and think that they're racist against them, more afraid of them and assaulted police officers. He took the side, Barack Obama took the side of Michael Brown, who tried to murder a police officer. And the police officer shot back. The police officer ended up killing him. And it caused riots where people died, where lots of property was burned down. And what did CNN say back then? Does anybody remember? It's only words. It's free speech. Wait a minute, Mr. P Wait, hold on, you Republicans. We, we, you can't blame the president for what other people do. He says what he says. But now suddenly it's them. Suddenly now they feel under attack. And now suddenly words hurt. Suddenly, they're back to what happened with Sarah Palin and Gabby Giffords. You know, they change, they change 
their position every day depending on what they want you to think. So when Obama's president, it's free speech. When Trump's president, it's dangerous speech. There's got to be at least 15 stories, one in the Boston, one in the Washington Post today, talking about Trump's dangerous speech, how he's putting journalists at risk of physical harm, because we all know those Trump supporters are so violent. Except I remember before the election, it was the Trump supporters that were getting their asses kicked every day by people who hated Donald Trump. In fact, there's a lawsuit going forward now by people who were Trump supporters who got physically assaulted and beaten, including elderly people who were coming out of a Trump rally. And that lawsuit's going forward because the police stood there and did nothing. Now, I don't know why the police would stand there and do nothing, even if they were ordered to stand there and do nothing, because you have an obligation as a police officer to violate a, 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 a wrongful order, right? I mean, if you're, a, if you're a soldier in battle, if you're a police officer on the street, and one of your supervisors tells you to do something that's unlawful, that's going to take someone's life in jeopardy, you have the right to disobey that order. And yet these police officers stood there and did nothing while innocent elderly people were beaten, some of them with bats, some of them with chairs, uh, pelted with rocks, pelted with eggs. And the media was perfectly fine with that. And they didn't say, look at how evil and violent these left-wingers are that hate Donald Trump. No, no, no. It was, well, Donald Trump started it. They got what they deserved. Because they want you, there's only one narrative they want you to think. And that's Donald Trump equals bad. People who hate Donald Trump equals good. And now, to, add, to put icing on the cake, because what a great segment this is to end with. To put icing on the cake, I'm going to pull it up here in a second. Um, uh, give me one second here, kids. I know I had it. Here it is. I got this in my inbox yesterday because I'm a journalist, and I belong to a bunch of journalism associations. And these pansies at the uh, New England Newspaper Association of America sent me an urgent message in my email inbox. We must protect journalists. And you get this idiot guy, Eric Stallwell, who's a congressman. Make sure I get that right. Uh, yep. Uh, Congressman Eric Stallwell and others. Um, trying to see who the other ones are. Steve Cohen, uh, Congressman David, David Sincilli, Grace Napolitano, Eleanor Holmes Norton, and a, whole, and a whole host of other congressmen have now introduced a bill, the Federal Journalism Protection Act, to make it a federal crime to threaten or assault a journalist in the commission of their job. Now, I'm a journalist. I've been assaulted more than once. In fact, people who follow me on Facebook remember the guy on New Year's Eve that came over and punched me in the face because I was videotaping an accident where his friend was in the car and his friend had OD'd in the car. He didn't want anybody to know when they, when they used the jaws of life and got him out that he wasn't unconscious because of the accident. He was unconscious because he OD'd in the car, right? And this guy comes over and he punches me in the face in front of like police officers and firefighters. It's literally 50 feet from the police station on Lowell Street in Lawrence, right? Should that be a federal crime? I mean, listen, and I'm a journalist, right? This shouldn't be a federal crime. It's not a federal crime to hit a police officer. Police officers who are running toward the gunfire, while the rest of us, including sissy journalists, are running away. That's not a federal crime. It's not even a federal crime to murder a police officer. And yet, these self-important idiots in the press, who are so drunk on their own sense of self-importance, really think that they're the real patriots here. Not police officers, not members of Homeland Security, not the members of our armed forces that are over, overseas protecting us. They're not the real heroes. The real heroes are the journalists who sit in the comfort of their air-conditioned offices and opine every day rather than present news. And you get idiots like Jim Acosta, who used to work for Barack Obama's administration, and that, and that, other, and that other pansy, what's his name, uh, Jim Shudo, who come on and start every single so-called news broadcast with their opinion that Donald Trump is a liar and moral judgments about Donald Trump as a person. Whether they're talking about him cheating on his wife, whether they're talking about how many times he lied in a Twitter feed, whether they're talking about, oh, he said this, but now he's doing that. He, he says he puts cream in his coffee. We got videotape of him using milk. Big expose. 
And none of that is actually news. Like those are all the things they teach you in journalism school of what not to do. And so they're shocked, shocked that when they go out into middle America, when they go into the real world outside the isolation of their newsrooms in CNN, in Atlanta and New York and DC, that average people who view this stuff are just sick of putting up with their shit. Quite frankly, I'm a journalist. I am ashamed when people ask me what I do to say that I'm a journalist. Because when I say I'm a journalist, that's what they think of. They think of the Jim Acostas of the world. They, th they think of the Brian Gelzenises of, at, at the globe of the world. That's who they think of. They think of the, uh, the Kira Blessings at the Eagle Tribute. That's who they think of. They think of those people. I don't want to be lumped in with them. I actually started like lying, like, oh, I do a podcast, I'm an author. I start thinking of all the other things that I do before I get to journalism, hoping maybe I can you know, stem the tide of them hating me for being a journalist. Whatever happened to journalists coming out and just presenting the news? Like in the old days, a, journal, like a Jim Acosta in the old days would come out and say, Donald Trump said this in his tweet today, and Nancy Pelosi says he's a liar, and then run a clip of Nancy Pelosi saying he's a liar. Today, they're saying it themselves. They don't, they don't even bother to go to the Democrat to give the opposing view because they're the opposing view. They're not journalists, they're activists. They're actors and they're activists. And it's shameful. We need to do everything humanly possible to stop this jur Federal Journalism Protection Act. And uh, as I read through this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post it on my page right now so you guys can read through it and just see absolutely how ridiculous it really is. You know, they cite all these things that Donald Trump said mean things about the press and it's causing people to be mean to us and, 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 and there was a guy who got shot. I guess there was a shooting at a, at a newsroom in Maryland a couple of weeks ago and CNN tripped over themselves while the incident was going on to blame Donald Trump. Even though it turns out the guy was a liberal, the guy had nothing to do with Donald Trump, the guy wasn't a Donald Trump supporter, but it didn't matter because it fits their narrative to tie his violence in with them attacking the media because they can dish it out but they can't friggin' take it. They're the most thin-skinned sissies on the planet. They're worse than Democrat elected officials at the national level. At least Democrat officials at the national level, they, they can at least take it a little bit before they, before they start melting away. But these journalists, my God, what is wrong with those people? It's, 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 I don't know. I'm going to talk uh, in incomplete sentences. You know, I'm on the older demographic, and I remember a time, even on the local news, you'd have the news, and at the end, they would have an editorial. Right, yeah. And they would say, this is an editorial, right. it's somebody's opinion. Right. None of that would enter into the broadcast. Yeah, look, let's remember the very first thing that they did to Donald Trump when he announced he was running. And he said that he's sick and tired of Mexico sending us not their best, and rapists and murderers, all of which, by the way, is true, there are rapists and murderers coming across the border, but what did the media do? They took what he said, they changed it a little bit because what he said didn't fit what they wanted to attack, mm -hmm. and they said, Donald Trump said all Mexicans are rapists. Like, sh please again, show me that videotape where he said all Mexicans are rapists. But I think there's some of that on both sides, oh, right? Well, listen, there is, except the Republicans don't control the media. Correct. Right? I mean, so it's one thing if it was, if it was on both sides, and the media was the referees down the middle, and they just kind of called it out on both sides, then we would have a much more civil discourse in this country. You'd have much less violence. You'd have fewer race riots. You'd have fewer, fewer of a lot of this stuff going on. But boy, I put on CNN if I want to know what the Democrats want and what they're pushing and what they're saying, because they don't even bother to have Nancy Pelosi on anymore. They don't even bother to have Dick Durbin on anymore. They come on and they do it for them. They've become the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. And please, save me your emails. Oh, what about Fox? Yeah, okay, uh, look, Fox does it too on the other side. They're one fucking network. Excuse my French, but they're one network. I'll give you Fox if you give me NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times. I go right down the line. I can name 100 off the top of my head. So don't give me this Fox baloney. Fox is one friggin' network. What they really hate is that there's one network that doesn't follow the propaganda. There's one network not following the script. There's one network giving you a different point of view. They don't want a different point of view. And then they can, they can run around and pretend they care about free speech. Where were they when Roseanne Barr was getting her show canceled? Were they, were they fighting for free speech then? How about when James Rosen from Fox News had Obama's FBI snoop through his mother and father's emails, voicemails, and record their phone conversations. 
Did they come out and say, no, this is terrible, we stand with Fox? No, they didn't do that. They piled on and said, yay. Well, you know, it's a fun exercise. I go to the gym every morning, and they have the big TVs up, and they actually have CNN next to Fox. Excellent. And, and that's the way it should it's be. It's all closed captioned, mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see, you know, sometimes the same news story. Right, right. And you think, well... Okay, I mean, in this world, there's no such thing as truth. There are points of view. Right. Where the points of view converge is likely to be the closest point to the to truth. The truth, yep. I love, I actually started watching uh, One American Network. I used to love Al Jazeera America because even though they were owned by terrorists and even though they were a left wing news organization, it didn't seep into their news. They would do legitimate hard news for like 15 minutes at the top of the hour, and then they'd go into their panel discussion to tell you all the liberal things you're supposed to think about those news. But the news itself was actually news. One American network is now starting to follow that, that yeah. pattern. And I don't know how many people can get it. I get it because I've got Verizon. And I put on CNN, and it's Trump sucks, Trump's a liar, Trump's a lying liar who lied, and he lied yesterday, and now he's lying about yesterday's lie. And then I put on Fox, and unless it's Tucker Carlson, I get... Uh, Donald Trump took the greatest dump in the world today. It's the greatest dump anybody's ever taken. I don't understand how people cannot like his dump today. Then I go over to One American Network and I get, there was a shooting in Chicago yesterday. And I'm like, oh my God, real news? <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I have live TV, so I pause it and I rewind just because I want to make sure I saw it right. And they're like, okay, and now after this shooting, now we're going to go down to Texas where our building caught on fire and five people died. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, there's somebody out there doing real news. I wish they'd yeah. do more of it. I wish One American Network would get rid of all of those smarmy uh, opinion shows at night, get rid of them all, and just, just do news. I swear to God, they'd be the highest rated news show in the, the news station in the country, maybe even in the world. Yeah. Just do news. People want information. They, I, I get it from my viewers all the time. Let me see. I want to make sure I'm not missing any comments. I get it, I get it from my viewers all the time. They just want news. They want to know what's going on. And they watch these Methuen City Council meetings, and then they call they call, or they come on my page and go, is that true? Uh, we saw Councilor so-and-so said X, Y, and Z. Is that true? They're not saying, hey, Tom, can you give us your opinion? Right. Which, I mean, I will give. But the flood that I get after a Methuen City Council meeting or a Lawrence City Council meeting is, can you tell us what's true? Can you, is that actually accurate? Gee, G- G- Tom, do you think you can look that up? Uh, yesterday, somebody came on and said, um, what happens if the mayor of Methuen gets recalled? So I went through the process. Here's how the recall process works. And they were like eternally grateful. And I didn't even give my opinion. I actually am against the recall of Methuen. But, <laughs> but, but I, I told them how the process worked. And they were, they were delightfully grateful. Because, oh my God, somebody actually educated me about something. Now I know something I didn't know before. And I think there's a hunger out there. I think there's a vacuum of knowledge. Yeah. And it's very easy to gravitate toward a news source that has your political view, but you're not getting news, you're getting politics. Well, and you brought up a good point with Al Jazeera, right? For a long time, I thought, well, I don't want to, I don't want Muslim news. Mm-hmm. And then at one point there was, I saw the headline, I thought I'll click on this. And I, when I read it, I thought, oh my God. Oh my God, that's objective. Yeah, uh, they do a, a pretty good job over there. They did a great job. They, they went out of business, unfortunately. And, um, and that's, that's the real tragedy in, in Al Jazeera. But now One American Network is kind of picking up the slack. They're becoming my new favorite network well, for do, news. Do you think they went out of business because news doesn't sell and sensationalism sells? No, I, I think they were just very poorly produced. Mm. And they weren't on, like CNN's on everything. They're on Comcast, they're on Verizon. And Al Jazeera wasn't. They were on Verizon, but they weren't on Comcast. You know, they were on whatever, Time Warner, but they weren't on something else. And so CNN has more of, and Fox has more of a, uh, a distribution network with all of, the, all of the cable networks that are out there. Uh, unfortunately, One American Network doesn't. I'm pretty sure they're not on Comcast. I think they're only on Verizon and Time Warner. Um, and maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that's changed, but I know that used to be the case. But, you know, God bless One American Network. When I want politics and I want to know what the Democrats are saying about how, how bad Donald Trump sucks today... And, you know, they're going to obsess because he says CNN sucks, he's being mean to us. That's entertaining for me, and I'll put on CNN. And when, um, when Tucker Carlson comes on, who I think is the most brilliant man on television, uh, on Fox at 9 o'clock, every, 8 o'clock every night, I put on Tucker. Uh, I very rarely watch Fox in between unless, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something specific, like I know Newt Gingrich is going to do an interview or something. Yeah. But when I want news, it's on a One American Network. Now, the problem with One American Network is they do news for 15 minutes, then they do opinion for the next 45, and then they repeat the same news. Right. 
if they could just if they could keep refreshing the news every hour and have it you know you can repeat like the top story of the day but give us something new every hour boy those guys would be great well you know when there's a big news story I'd start to think, okay, what am I going to see on Fox? Right. What am I going to see on CNN? Right. And almost without fail, you can predict exactly how it will be reported You're on absolute, each network. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So now they're all whining and crying because Donald Trump's words hurt. And Donald Trump's words are going to get people hurt. They even have CNN's even got a little commercial. This is a banana peel. If it's just sitting there, have you seen this? No, I haven't. If it's just sitting there, it doesn't really seem like it's very dangerous. But if you leave it there long enough, someone's going to come along and trip on it and get hurt. Wow. Like, it's supposed to be this bizarre analogy of Donald Trump says these mean things and you think it's innocuous, but eventually people are going so to get hurt. He's leaving a trail of yeah. banana, banana peels. peels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, these guys... And thank God, like, uh, every time the ratings come out, I laugh my ass off because I think SpongeBob SquarePants beat CNN again in the last quarter. <laughs> and that was actually the headline, I think, on Breitbart or something. And, and I was laughing my ass off because, um, you know, CNN is now in this big echo chamber. CNN, MSNBC, and NBC are all in this echo chamber where they're just repeating what everybody else in their echo chamber is saying about how Donald Trump sucks. And they do panel discussions to discuss how Donald Trump sucks. And they always have, like, five people who are Obama supporters, who hate Donald Trump, who are left-wing idiots, and then one guy who's like kind of a conservative, not really, mm. but he's like kind of a conservative, and they all take turns being the crap out of Donald Trump and lying about what he says and mischaracterizing what he says and adding words to what he said that he didn't say, and then they say, okay, well, what do you think about that, Mr. Token Conservative? And that guy gets three words out and all five people yeah, are talking he, over him. He doesn't get to He doesn't talk. get to say a word. Well, what about this? This whataboutism, right? The minute yeah. he says, well, I, I actually agree with Donald Trump. Well, what about this? What about when he said Mexicans are all rapists? What about, what about, what about? And the way it always goes is the token conservative keeps quiet. Right. Let's them yeah. say everything they have to say. As soon as he says a word, that's it. Yeah. Where was CNN worried about First Amendment when they fired our friend Jeffrey Lord? Jeffrey Lord used to be on with Don Lemon and he used to be on once in a while with Anderson Cooper. He was like their token conservative Republican. And he did a tweet at a left-wing fascist who was tweeting something about how we need to take people's right of free speech away because they can discriminate if they have free speech. And he tweeted back Heil Hitler. In other words, to call them a Nazi. Mm -hmm. But because he did that, they literally fired him off the show. And he didn't do it under a CNN tweet. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it live on the show. He did it like sitting in his office one day and they fired him and pulled him off the net. What about his free speech? Right. Like, they, they pretend they care about free speech, or they don't care about free speech. They don't care about you folks. And by the way, look, the, 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 the Republicans on the other side aren't much better. It sucks that I even have to, even have to qualify it with that. But I'm always getting emails from me, well, what about Fox? What about the Republicans? Republicans do it too. Yeah, they do. But they don't have the full weight and control of the entire news media behind them. They got one network. That's it. So I don't know. I mean, look, we, we're in a time now in our country where, even locally, Tim Wood from Methuen Loop, which is a weekly paper in Methuen, I suggest that you pick it up. It's a great paper. It's a good product. Uh, I read it. And um, he asked me to come on his show. He has a show on Thursdays, I think at like 10 o'clock, right before hours. And he announced on Facebook that his guest this week is going to be Tom Duggan from the Valley Patriot. And you had all of these sissies calling him up harassing him going why are you having him on what's that all about are you in bed with Duggan now is this going to be trashing Jajunga for an hour Charlie Dare from Commonwealth Motors actually called him up and pulled his advertising hmm. because he had me on as a guest now I've been I've been refraining from talking about Charlie Dare because I always actually liked Charlie Dare he used to advertise with us and um, I was giving a speech one day while, while he was advertising with us. I was giving a speech one day to one of those morning network groups, those business network groups. I was trying to get people who are involved in real estate and stuff to maybe try and sell ads for us, like on the side. And somebody in the audience asked me, like, you know, what kind of, what kind of leeway do we have to make deals with people? If someone says, well, I, I don't really want to pay $400 for that ad. How about $300? Like, what kind of negotiation freedom do we have? And I said something to the, to the effect of, well, you know... It, I give you a little bit of freedom to do it, but if it's, 
if it's like a big name, if it's like a Salapoli, or if it's like a Charlie Dare, you know, I don't care if we break even on that ad because having them in the paper brings in other ads. People see someone like Charlie Dare or Salapoli advertising with you, and, and other people are going to be more interested in advertising because they know those guys don't spend their money unless it works. Well, word went back to Charlie Dare that I called him a cheap bastard, and that, um, that he somehow, I guess, as the story goes, as it came back to me, that I said he was a cheap bastard and that, uh, and that uh, he thinks he pays too much for his ad, right? Mm -hmm. So I get a phone call, not from Charlie Dick, because he wasn't man enough to call me himself and actually find out what happened. I get a call from his secretary, we're pulling our ads. I said, well, can I ask you why? Because I had no idea. I just said nice things about him. I'm like, well, can you just tell me why? Like, what happened? Well, um, Mr. Dare is very unhappy about the fact that you called him cheap. I'm like, wait, what? Click. And then I got to click. I didn't get a chance to defend myself. I was like, okay, fine. That actually happened about eight years ago. I've never once badmouthed Charlie Dare since then, ever, right? I've never gone on my Facebook feed and said, this guy sucks. Um, I've never, in fact, we had a story in the paper three months ago or maybe five months ago where Charlie Dare was donating baby seats um, to underprivileged uh, mothers. Uh, so that their kids can be safe in the back seat. And he does this like every year. He gives like, a, I don't know, like 100 free baby seats to poor Lawrence mothers. We put the story in our paper. Even though this guy did what he did, I still put it in my paper because he was doing a good thing. And then I find out from Tim Wood that he pulled his, he literally pulled his ads off of Tim Wood's show because he was having me on as a guest. Like, he's not paying me to write for him. He's not bringing me into the Methuen Loop family. He just had me on as a guest. So... You know, when you're dealing with that kind of hatred, when you're dealing with that kind of silliness and vitriol, you've got to sit back and go, look, we've got to dial this back. And, you know, is it, is it helping that you've got people yelling, CNN sucks, CNN sucks? It's sure entertaining. It doesn't help. But it's sure entertaining. But they bring it upon themselves because they can dish it out, Charlie Dare, but they can't take it. You know, they, they think that it's okay to go on TV and literally lie and make things up about Donald Trump. Remember, remember um, I think we did a show, what is this now, August? I think we did a show in May that CNN came out and they said that Chief of Staff General Kelly was about to resign because he was sick and tired of putting up with Donald Trump's crap. Anybody see uh, John Kelly resign after that? Because I think... Well, he just hit his one-year anniversary. Just hit his one-year anniversary and Donald Trump tweeted out a picture of the two of them. So CNN, to cover themselves, puts the picture up and they do breaking news... Donald Trump's trying to cover up how angry he is with John Kelly by posting this tweet of the two of them together. Like, the every, even a tweet of a picture, they've got to lie about it. Like, even, even a tweet of a picture. So, look, folks, th the reason we talk about all this stuff is because, A, I think it's important for you to distinguish what's real and what's not real, right? That's very, I think that's very important for any news consumer. But also, I think it's, impo it's important that when we're talking to each other when we're not on the news, when... When people see each other on the streets, if you're a conservative walking through Newburyport, you shouldn't have to be assaulted because you're wearing a Make America Great hat on. Uh, people's politics, people's political opinions should never be met with violence. And is it, it's one thing to go over and say to a guy that's got a Donald Trump t-shirt on, well, I think he's a, he's a racist. I think he's a fascist. That's fine. You get free speech to do that. I'm okay with that. People come over and they say it to me all the time. I wear it as a badge of honor. You know, stupid people want to do that with me. That's fine. But when you're ramping up the hatred and the vitriol so much that it turns into violence, as it did with Trump supporters before the election and after the election, like it did when Ferguson happened because Barack Obama was stoking hatred for police officers and took the side of a would-be cop killer, Michael Brown, yeah, that's a whole different category. I agree with CNN that that's a whole different category. But that's not what's happening here. No CNN reporter has been assaulted at a Donald Trump rally. They're yelling CNN sucks. They're holding up the middle finger. They're yelling, Jim Acosta, you, you suck, you're an ass, whatever. They're yelling at him. But nobody, nobody beat him up. No one waited for him in the parking lot and flattened his tires, right? Nobody, nobody overtipped the news van in the parking lot afterwards. None of that is going on. Yet they pretend that it is because that makes them a victim. And then they feel now they've got the right to attack Donald Trump supporters even more. I mean, it's bad enough they call Donald Trump supporters racist and sexist and homophobic, which is bizarre because he's for gay marriage. Um, 
it, it, it's one thing that they lie about where Donald Trump's supporters stand and how they feel and why they feel that way. But then on top of it all, to create this whole narrative that, that journalists' physical safety are in jeopardy, give me a break. I'm driving around Lawrence every night. I'm at shootings. I'm at fires. I'm at stabbings. My life's in jeopardy. But not because I'm a Donald Trump supporter. Not because Donald Trump says the media sucks. My life's in jeopardy because of the nature of what I'm doing and where I am. And the circumstances surrounding where I am. That's nobody's fault except for the people who are in those neighborhoods where I am. But if I was one of these clowns, every time somebody assaulted me in Lawrence, I'd go, oh, Donald Trump, it's all because of Donald Trump. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. We need federal protection. No, you don't, Jim Acosta. No, you don't, Wolf Blitzer. To have a federal law to protect a journalist from being assaulted in the commission of doing their job is a gross, it's, it's a gross perversion of our constitution and our laws and our government. So, anyways, we're at 2.41, right? Yeah, so you better have a breather. Let's take a quick break. I, don't, I can't believe I did all that in one breath, <laughs> right? I'm not even looking at the comments because I'm checking out other stuff. There's no comments here anyway. Um, uh, let me just give you a preview of what we got coming up after the next segment. We're going to take a quick, um, quick commercial break. I had a couple of other things I want to talk about with CNN, but we've overexhausted it. Oh, let's talk about Methuen when we come back. And then Turtle Boy had a great story this week. I think probably one of the best public services that they've done since Turtle Boy started. About a guy on a beach who supposedly had a camera. You think, what's wrong with that? Well, wait till we come back. I'm paying attention. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to AM Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Then we got Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales Lopez from Century 21. They have been with us from the very first edition of the Valley Patriot. They've been with us from the very first Paying Attention show, which was in 1999, back when he was Remax. He's not Remax anymore. Now he's Century 21, Teams and Gallus. And they sponsor our bash. They gave a $1,000 scholarship this year. They gave a $2,000 scholarship last year. And that money comes right out of their pocket. That's not like they're collecting money from other people and just using it like I do. They actually took money out of their pocket. So I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But... Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin. And I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. 
I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. All righty. I don't think those breaks are long enough. I think I need a nap after that first <laughs> segment. Jesus. Welcome back to the Paying Attention Podcast. You can download us on, uh, you can download the audio on uh, Podbean and Spreaker and uh, Spotify and iHeartRadio and iTunes and a whole bunch of other stuff. We're just about on every platform you can imagine. Uh, we're starting today. It's actually, it's a little experiment today where we are broadcasting live through Facebook instead of live through YouTube, uh, because we have a lot more people who, it, it, just on Facebook, it pops up when people are live and we get, we get more people watching. Um, so we've already got way more people watching now than we had all last week, which is great. Um, and as people pop in and out, those numbers are going to jump. And you, you watch, Ed, by, by, the, by the end of this month, you watch the difference in the, in the, uh, the rating numbers being on Facebook versus being on YouTube. What's, what's crazy is that YouTube has a way better platform, right. but they just don't have the numbers that Facebook has. They just don't. And so we're kind of stuck yeah. on Facebook until they get their act together yeah, over on YouTube. I think the level of engagement of the users is different. Right, yeah. You know, people are in Facebook all day, not right. so much YouTube. Yeah, and so I'm, I've got like 13,000 people follow me on Facebook. I've got like 58 people follow me on, <laughs> on YouTube, right? So it's just, it's just a, a matter of numbers, which is why it always kills me when Facebook bans me. Like whenever I go into Facebook jail, it just kills me because it just it destroys my numbers. How many times have you been to Facebook jail? Three times now. And I think if I get one more, I'm in big trouble. Um, if I get one more, they're going to tell my mom. So, um, so we're trying this new platform. And so if you're watching us live, um, you can feel free to send me some questions. You can type in your questions on, on this live feed. If I think it's a good question, I'll read it and I'll answer it. And share it. And share it, yeah. Please share out the link. We want to get as many people watching as we can. We want, we want this little experiment to work. Um, so I've got uh, uh, some Methuen stuff. I was on Tim Wood's live feed last night. Uh, hopefully Charlie Day doesn't call him crying about it. Um, and we talked a lot about how the Methuen mayor now is going to honor the MOU, the Memorandum of Understanding with the Police Superior Officers Union. And in order to do that, the city council in Methuen has to put back $1.8 million into the police department budget that they took out at their last meeting. Now, quite frankly, I still kind of think it's irresponsible to be cutting $1.8 million out of the police budget when it's not the police budget that is the reason why they had to borrow $4 million from the state. What's funny is everybody thinks that Methuen is in a financial mess because of the police. That's the way the Eagle Tribune has propagandized this. It's funny because it's because the school department's $4 million in the red that the city of Methuen has to borrow $4 million from the state. But that's, that's not what really, that's not the message you get when you read the Eagle Tribune. The message that you get when you read the Eagle Tribune, when they print all the police officers' salaries, they didn't publish all of the school department salaries. Nope. It's the school department that actually went $4 million in the red. They didn't publish the school department salaries. They published the police salaries because the whole thing all along was to bait and switch, to make it look like it's the fault of the police department so that city officials would cut money out of the police department, which they did, and basically give it to the schools, which, in effect, they did. And every town's guilty of that. You know, what they do is they appeal to the voters and mm -hmm. say it's going to detract from your property values if we don't have good schools. So right. most towns tend to overinvest in the schools. I agree. Listen, I think the schools get way too much money. We've talked about it on this show. Um, I was on Tim Wood's program a few weeks ago, as we said, um, and he started with teachers are heroes. No, teachers are not heroes. And I said that on his show, he was aghast. Like, he was horrified. And I'm pretty sure most of his readers or viewers were, were horrified. Teachers aren't heroes. Look, you, you can tell me all you want about how they spend $1,000 out of their pocket for supplies, how they love the children, how they stay with them and hear their concerns after class. Look, all of that is great. But I look at the product. If you had 500 police officers in Methuen but crime was out of control, I'd say the cops aren't really doing a good job, right? 
Well, you look at the kids graduating from Methuen High. And, and by the way, it's not just Methuen High, but since we're talking about Methuen, we're going we're to take a generalization. We're going to bring it down to the local level. Most of these kids think that hate speech is an exemption to the First Amendment. It's not. Most of these kids think you don't have a right under the Second Amendment to carry a weapon. You do. Most of these kids think that the earth is going to be destroyed if we don't change our light bulbs. It won't. So I look at the product. These kids can't balance a checkbook. These kids don't understand the First Amendment. They don't understand the Bill of Rights, and they certainly don't understand where their rights come from. They don't understand how government works, but they know about gay marriage. They know about global warming. They know about abortion. They know about all political issues that, that they're indoctrinated in. They know that Martin Luther King was a good guy and that he fought for, quote, civil rights, but they don't know that what motivated Martin Luther King was his love for Jesus Christ because you can't teach God in the schools. So don't tell me teachers are heroes because I look at the product. I look at these kids that are rioting all over the country. You look at all of these riots that happened at all these college campuses. Where did these kids come from? They came from public, most of them came from public high schools. Don't tell me these professors are heroes. Don't tell me these teachers are heroes. But you had student after student after student get up at a city council meeting a few months ago and say, we are the future. I was waiting for like, we are the world, right? We're the future. And if you cut my art class, you know, the only reason I like going to school is because I love art and I hate everything else about school and my grades were slipping till I started really liking art and then my grades went up. And so you're going to cut my art wow. teacher and, she, and she's going to lose her job and she's pregnant and it's awful. And I was like, okay, but these kids don't know anything about property but taxes or how it works. Think about it. The quality of the graffiti may deteriorate <laughs> over time. That's, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh. You're killing me. You're killing me. So the city of Methuen, the city council has decided to take $1.8 million out of the police budget. It's one of the things I agree with the mayor on. They need to put it back. Um, they also voted for the lowest level of oversight from the state. So they could have had a fiscal control board, which would have had almost complete control over the finances of Methuen, or a fiscal control officer or a, 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 an overseer, which is like the next level down, or this newly invented level of oversight that Charlie Baker invented. He's a Republican. He's my friend. I supported him in the last election. I will support him in this election. However, this new low level of oversight for communities that overspend their budgets is a joke. And what's gonna happen now, and you mock my words, today's August, what, August 2nd? Let me see, yeah, August 2nd, 2018, you mock my words, that a year from now we're gonna be here, and we're gonna be having a discussion about how Methuen needs to either borrow more money or go to a fiscal control board. Because what they did was they borrowed $4 million to fill the $4 million gap that not the police, but the school department overspent. But there's interest on loans, right? When you take a car loan for $10,000, you're not just paying back $10,000, you're paying back with interest. Well, if they've cut everything in the city to bare bones as they have, and then they borrow only what they needed to cover that $4 million, what happens when that first interest payment comes due? I'm gonna have to cut again, right? Cut again or borrow Ra more. Borrow more or raise taxes. So drive through Methuen now. I was on Tim Wood's show, and, he sa and I said, look at all the for sale signs going up. He goes, oh, yeah, come on. That's not really. No, not really. He actually admitted last night. He goes, you know, when Tom said that, I was like, yeah, he's, you know, that's hyperbole. He goes, six went up in my neighborhood just in the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, of course they are, because even though the average person doesn't pay attention to local politics, it filters down to them. They get word. Stuff's not going well. Right? They see, even if they don't read the Tribune, they see the headline when they're walking by it at the store. And now you have a mayor who has negotiated a contract with the Police Superior Officers Union when his son is a member of the Superior Officers Union. Hmm. Okay, so here's the excuse that we get, right? Here's, here's what's supposed to make it okay. He got special permission from the state. Uh. State said it was okay. <laughs> That doesn't make it better, that makes it worse. That means it was so bad you had to go to dad and ask for permission. You had to jump through hoops to do something that was a conflict of interest. I'll say it again, he voted on that contract. That contract directly affected his son. And by the way, his son's a nice kid, it's no, it's no reflection on the son. But he still voted on a contract 
that affected his son. And other counselors voted on, contra on that contract that affect their family members because of this rule of necessity that we talked about that says if, if a lot of people have a conflict and everyone's making money on it, hey, that makes it okay. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay. Jim Jajuga very well could have said, you don't need my vote. You've got eight other people in that room. I'm going to sit in the back and I'm going to recuse myself because this is my, and he was running for mayor, right? So he's running for mayor. He knows he's going to be mayor. He knows he's going to oversee this contract when he becomes mayor. He's sitting on the city council and he votes on a contract that affects his son. I'm sorry, that's corruption. I don't care how you, I don't care how you try to make it okay with getting permission from dad. That's still corruption. You still did it. And what he should have done is sat in the back room and said, listen, Jen Canan's out there and Lynn Vidler's out there. They don't need my vote. I'm going to take the high road. I'm going to recuse myself, and it's not going to make a difference one way or the other. They've got the votes. To at least make a statement to the public that you actually care about these laws, that you actually care that it doesn't look like everything's an inside deal. But he didn't. He didn't do that. And now he has tasked his aide, Paul Fahey, to negotiate this contract to make it look like it's not him. Right? It's not me. I had my aide do it. His aide that he said at the last meeting was a good friend of his, was with him when he was in the state senate, was with him when he was a secretary of public safety, and is now with him now. So how is that exactly removing your own influence from this contract exactly, when this guy owes his job and his salary to you? Like, exactly, like, how does that work? Just explain it to me. <laughs> if there's a reason I'm open-minded, if you can say to me, no, look, here's how we did it, and here's how I'm completely removed, I'm open-minded to hearing that explanation. Otherwise, it's corruption. And I'm not the only one saying it's corruption. Tim Wood went on live feed last night and he called it corruption. In fact, he's calling for a recall of the mayor, which by the way, I'm against. But he's calling for a recall of the mayor. Now, there's a lot of people in Methuen talking about recalling Mayor Jajuga. In full disclosure, nothing would make me happier with my lawsuit if they recalled this guy because it just confirms everything that I've been saying about the guy. On the other hand, it's really bad for Methuen. And I'd be really selfish if I came in here and I did that. Because it'd be really bad for Methuen if you, if, you, if you got a recall election for your mayor and you threw him out of office. It just looks bad for everybody. And if you're going to recall the mayor, you're also going to have to recall a couple of councils too. Because if you're going to recall the mayor because of conflicts, there's a couple of councils that have conflicts, you're going to have to recall them too. And then that just becomes a nightmare. Now, people thought up until last night when I kind of educated them a little bit, that a recall was you get a bunch of signatures and Jajuga's out. It doesn't work that way. You get a bunch of signatures and they call for a special election. Hmm. And in that special election is two questions. Question number one, should the mayor be recalled? Question number two, if you voted yes on question one, who should replace the mayor? And people can take out nomination papers, get their name on that second question. If question number one fails, question two doesn't matter. If question one wins, then whoever gets the most votes among the people in question two become the mayor. Now, if you've got 18 candidates, you could become mayor with 300 votes. Right? Imagine you've got 18 candidates running and some guy gets 350 votes. The next person down has 320 votes. The guy with 350 becomes the mayor for the, re for the remainder of that term. So he's going to come in as mayor. Maybe, let's say they do the recall election. It's August. Let's say they do it in like November. So he comes in for like a year and then you have to have another election. And by the way, in a recall election, it's an off-election year, right? So it's a special election, which means a very low turnout. Special elections always have low turnouts. And in very low turnouts, it almost always favors the incumbent. So if people are going to go after this guy, I used the, I used the analogy on Tim's show yesterday, uh, you know, when they, when, they, when they stabbed Caesar, remember Julius Caesar? Oh, yeah. when, they when they decided to kill Caesar, each of them stabbed him 70 times because they had to make sure he was dead. Because if he didn't die, the repercussions would be enormous, right? You and your family would be tortured on a rack for the rest of your life. Keep that in mind as you're going forward on this recall, folks, right? If you recall this guy and you fail, there's going to be heavy repercussions. We all know what those repercussions are going to be. And you set him up for a win when he runs for re-election next year. Because now he gets to say, ha, ah, look, they tried to get me out, and they couldn't get me out, and then that validates that he's a good guy. You go, look, I'm a good guy. Look, the, the, voters, the voters obviously think what I'm doing is okay. So I'm just trying to caution people that as we go forward, please understand the process and please understand what a monumental task it's going to be to recall this guy. 
And if they want to go forward, fine. I'll cover it and I'll cover it objectively. Um, I, I don't think it's the way that they should go. I think if you're dumb enough to vote for a guy, if you are not ballsy enough to run against the guy because he ran unopposed, then you guys should be stuck with the ramifications of that until the next election. I'm really against recalls in almost every case. I was against the Wentigua recalls. You know, if, if, you're, if you vote for a guy and he turns out to be a bad guy, make better choices in the next election. You're stuck with what you got. That's my opinion anyway. How much time we got? We okay? We got five minutes. We got five minutes. Uh, is there anything in Methuen that I missed? Um, yeah, I'm going to leave the Linda Campbell thing for later. Did you want to go with the Tim Wood? Uh, 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 with the Turtle Boy. So we get no. This is good. So Turtle Boy did a story. Wish I had it in front of me. I don't. Turtle Boy did a story about how these social justice warriors on social media are attacking a guy who was sitting on a beach and supposedly, I guess, the people at the beach thought that he had a camera under his, under his blanket. He was sitting in a mm-hmm. chair. Thought he had a camera under his blanket that was on his lap and that he was secretly taking pictures of people at the beach. Hmm. And immediately this guy was a child molester. He was a pervert. I mean, the, the accusations on this guy was crazy. So Turtle Boy did a story and they actually showed pictures of this guy from different angles and it turns out he didn't have a camera under his huh. thing at all. The guy was just sitting there and he had his phone under his, under his towel on his lap because of the glare of the sun, right? right. Think about when you go to the beach, you pull out your phone, you can't see anything because the sun's so bright, right? But you should see how uneducated our American populace is. They're all posting on my page, on the Turtle Boy page that wrote about this, that this should be illegal. Apparently, people actually went to the police on the beach and said, that guy's got a camera. And the cops said, well, there's nothing you can do. You're in public. Yeah, but he's taking pictures of people like, like in bathing suits. Yeah, and... Well, what about the children? You're in public. You mean you can't arrest him? No, you can't. And I get this all the time. As I mentioned earlier, I got assaulted on New Year's Eve by a guy on Lowell Street when I was taking video of an accident. And I heard from several people at the scene that I didn't have their permission to take their picture or videotape them. Hmm. I promise you these are all products of public school. I promise you. These are all people who know all about gay marriage and all about, uh, all about abortion and all about uh, the environment and global warming, but again, they don't know anything about their rights. You have zero expectation of privacy when you're in your car. And all of these people that were complaining that this guy's sitting on a beach with a camera, secretly taking pictures of them, they all walked to the beach in their, in their, um, in their bathing suit, right? All these women in their bikinis walked to the beach in their bikini. I'm sure they didn't show up in a suit and then change on the beach. How many surveillance video cameras do you think they walked by when they were walking down Salisbury or Hampton Beach and they were walking down to the beach in their bikinis on video? Oh, what if he masturbates to it afterwards? So what? One guy comes on and says, what if it was your daughter? What if it was your minor daughters and this guy was taking pictures of them? I don't think I have a problem with that. Oh, what if he masturbates to them later? I don't really give a damn what he does afterwards because I don't know what he's doing afterwards. It's afterwards. <laughs> if you're taking a picture of kids at a park, if you're taking pictures of kids at a beach, if you're taking pictures of women in scantily clad bikinis on a beach or at a public pool, you still have a right to do that in this country, at least so far. Like, I got to check the paper every morning to see what rights we've lost again today. But at least so far, you still have that right. But what's really staggering is that people don't understand that. Like the people don't actually get what their rights are, yet they're really good at yelling and screaming at you that they know their rights. We had a guy uh, arrested down, on, uh, down at McDonald's, a security guard arrested at McDonald's on Essex Street in Lawrence. And while he's being locked up, there's an idiot with her video camera going live on Facebook going, you can't arrest him, he has rights. Yeah, he's got the right to remain silent. He's got the right to an attorney, right? He's got, the, those are the rights that he has. But if a police officer says, stop, and you don't stop, guess what? You're in trouble. And he says, put your hands behind your back, and you don't. He has the right to use physical force to do that. And you, you could stand there and say, I know my rights, I know my rights. Do yourself a favor and go and Google your rights. Because it's apparent that your public school teachers didn't friggin' teach you any of them. So, I don't know. I think Turtle Boy did a great public service. Uh, writing that story, I encourage you to, I'll, I'll post it later. I encourage you to go to turtleboysports.com. 
Um, they're a little tough in their language. If you guys think I use bad language, they're really tough. But, um, but these are great public service educating people about the fact that you don't have a right to not have your picture taken in public. Or not be videotaped in public. I hear the music. That's Melvin Taylor who says we got to go home, so we got to go home. I want to remind you of the North Andover Farmer's Market every Sunday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on First Street in North Andover. Kim Anderson needs a kidney. And if you know anybody interested who might be willing to donate a kidney, it's kimkidney1960 at gmail.com. Don't forget our buddy Angelo at AM Auto Repair. Um, and the uh, Cigar Authority is one of the podcasts here at uh, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Okay, I have to take a breath. As well as Political TNT, which they look like they're here. They're ready to do the next the next show. It's my favorite podcast anywhere, including mine. I like your podcast more than I like my own. Melvin Taylor says go home. So go home already. And uh, we'll have Jaina DiNatale next week from the Methuen School Committee. I said go home. We're going. All right. Telling you to go or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.